Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Hey everyone, and welcome. I know this holiday season is looking a bit different for most people, but I want to remind you to keep your head held high. Despite everything this year, you survived, and you should be proud. That day will come again when we can celebrate with friends and embrace our family. I'm so happy to introduce my old friend, Phil Sloves. It has been quite some time since Phil and I have had an in-depth conversation, but we don't seem to skip a beat. Phil walks us through his life during the pandemic, his new title of best man, the value of finding people you can talk to, and the exact moment he knew he was meant to perform. I'll tell you what, I haven't laughed this hard in a while. Phil graciously and fearlessly opens up about his anxiety and how it has been a part of him since he was a kid. He describes how it first manifested in stage fright and how he, like a true champion, overcomes it every single day. Phil reminds me that we can't let self-doubt fool us. If you want something, go get it and set your sights high. Enjoy. All right, so the street cleaner came through and uh, I'm parked again. So let's... <laughs> let's get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> no ticket, no uh, no being swept away. Nope, I'm still going to sit here until 1 because these fuckers. <laughs> they will get you, man. Today will be the day they decide to come around again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, when I was when Kristen and I were looking for a new place to move back to the city, I, I can't tell you how many parking tickets we got, man. Just like sometimes we would double park real quick, run up to see an apartment, and we'd come back and – Hundred dollar ticket. I just, it's, it's the worst, man. Like, what? Fuck what can you? Sir. And there's literally nothing I can do. You know? Yep. And they know that. <laughs> I feel so blessed, man. I just want to say right off the bat, because like you know, I just feel like it's a testament to true friendship. You know, when you can spend so much time apart, and so many you know years can go by, but you still sort of like we have such an interesting story. I feel. In in like yeah, in terms of like our our past life, I you know I'm so interested to sort of do some digging. It's just pretty cool. I think everybody should know listening that like you know it's been a long time since we really even sat down and talked. Like yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> because damn, I love this kid. Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I I I have so much love and respect for you, man. Like I, you are just such a fun-loving, genuine, open, just big-hearted guy. I just feel like you've always been that way for as long as I've known you. And it's so cool that we can spend time apart and, and I can still be sort of excited like a little kid like to, to get to know like what's been going on in your life and stuff. Totally, man. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, after I listened to uh, your episode with Peter Serace, I gave him a phone. Or, uh, we were texting for like an hour after that. And I was like, dude, it was great to hear you and like <laughs> learn more about you. How have you been? Like, yeah, that That, I mean, that's great, man. That's what it's all about. Like, I I think sometimes I forget that, you know, just because you're not seeing the same person every single day or, you know, making sort of those day to day daily like memories with somebody doesn't mean that like you still haven't cultivated those meaningful relationships that can still sort of be like dug up from time to time. Totally. I think, you know, too, it like it can kind of give us new perspective on things, you know, now that I'm just thinking about everything, like it's kind of nice in a way to be able to talk to old friends 
and sort of hash out things that you're going through or whatever and, and, and think about where life is now and, and where it used to be and, and to sort of remind yourself of all the growth that you've done. I think it's it's easy for me to just be like, well, what don't I have right now and what can I get right now and where am I not right now, you know, but to think about, you know, it's really cool to, to draw upon people from the past and be like, oh, yeah, remember when you are just such an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate to that. I yeah, right. right. No <laughs> mistakes whatsoever. <laughs> Dude, yeah, what? Not me, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking about um, what was the baseball musical that we were in, bro? Oh my god! I can't uh, remember the name. I know that Ed Asner was in it. Ed Asner. For, for... <laughs> right. So if Ed Asner can get fired, anybody is human. Nobody's safe. Nobody is safe. <laughs> Job security is not real. Oh man, I'm gonna be thinking about what the title of that musical was all day. Uh, <laughs> it's just too good, man. So back in New Jersey, tell me a little bit more about your family and stuff, because I actually didn't know that you had an adopted brother. I thought he was just full blood brother. Yeah, I, I honestly forget that we are not blood. Because you're really close. Um, yeah, we're super close. He actually just asked me to be his best man at his wedding, oh, which I'm very excited about. Oh my gosh, congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. It's in August, so hopefully by then the world will be at a place where we can have a typical wedding. Yeah, truly. Are they are they planning on doing it in Jersey? or? Uh, yeah, it's going to be in New Jersey. It's this beautiful country club oh. uh, in South Jersey. Yeah, there's like a hotel attached, there's golf courses, there's like a, a spa. Oh. It's, it's gorgeous, so I'm super excited for them. And uh, I'm a little nervous. Your responsibility. <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. Goes well. Yeah, got it. Do you have any ideas for the bachelor party or anything? I have ideas, but I also we need to have like a sit down because a consultation. You know, I yes. want to make sure that I'm not like off base with <laughs> anything. Like I. We gotta have the uh, the meeting. Yes, of course, of course, yes, yes, and of course the speech. You're gonna knock the speech out of the park. I can just see it now. Oh, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'll write, <laughs> right. down, I'll write down three bullet points, have a few drinks, and I'll be fine. <laughs> just wing it. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. So he's what's he what's he doing? He is a high school teacher. He teaches history, so he's been teaching from home literally since March. They ne- they haven't had any time back in school, which I think is smart. I mean, my mom is also in high school in my hometown. Oh, okay. And they have been back and forth and back and forth. She was exposed to COVID twice just through being back, and it's like not for nothing. She's a 62 year old woman with health issues. Yeah. And it's like. Don't send her to that building, please. Yeah, yeah, for real. They're now they're virtual until like after the new year, and hopefully further past that. But <sighs> man, I just like I cannot believe that we're still sort of like playing this day to day, like what's going to happen next with our lives situation. You know, I just yeah, it's really strange. I mean, it's crazy how fast time can fly. I suppose is one way to look at it, but at the at the end of the day, it's like it's been like eight months. You know, like it feels like the shortest year and the longest amount of time <laughs> that's a good way to think of it yeah it's it's like, just i can't nuts. believe that march was so long ago yeah but also it feels like it was forever ago yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean just like life life is now i feel in this quote-unquote new normal that everyone was talking about like i can remember there was so much rejection on my end of like you know, we'll get back to it. We'll figure it out. Like this will be a speed bump. Like we'll move forward and things will go back to normal. And now I feel like, well, my life is actually never going to return quite to the way it was. Yeah. I guess that's a good thing in some way. Like, I mean, you know, I don't know how you feel about everything, but I totally feel like our government just failed us essentially on how they dealt with everything or didn't deal with everything. But 
in terms of like so much information about racial inequality and gender inequality and just everything coming to light more and more frequently in the past and just how this pandemic in my mind has given us a chance to just like pause and reflect and open our minds and open our ears and listen and just like learn more. I think like all of those things I feel like I've benefited from. Absolutely. I, I've been saying to people like, oh, we're, when it's back to normal, I can't wait. I'm like, it will never be back to normal because mm-hmm. if it's back to normal, people will be ignoring all the shit that we learned during this. Yeah. And and even if you did know about like all the racial inequality and stuff, like you had all the time in the world during this to like be active. Yeah. Some of us for the first time. I mean, it's, it's sad to say. Yeah. But like we really had time to understand more of the world than just us because we had time to sit down and look at it. Yeah. And I wonder, have you had many conversations like with your mom or brother? Because like I just think about, you know, we both grew up in the public school system, right? And, and they teach in the public school system, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like. So much of what we learn is either not quite true or not really useful or like not important at all. And I've been doing so much reflection on that because when I was in school, like as a kid, school was everything. You know, what the teacher said was gold. I had to learn exactly what was taught to me. I had to ace my tests. Like that was my life. So like to think- That's where you and I differ. (laughs) (laughs) Bare minimum. Bare minimum. I I kind of like low-key respect that in a way. You know what I mean? Like I was just talking to my buddy Cameron on the podcast and he was saying something very similar and like he was reflecting on it in a way and, and I don't know if you agree with like, are you looking back on that and be like, damn, I wish I did more or like, no, I'm pretty set. Like I think I made the right choices. The only reason I wish I had done more is because I would have gotten more financial aid for college. Right, okay, yeah. Like, that's truly the only thing that I missed out on, I think. I, I retained what I needed to, and I, I didn't always know that I was going to be a performer, mm-hmm. but I think deep down I knew I was not going to be, like, an academic. Right, know? right. So I, I studied, I did, I did what I needed to do, I got by. Yeah. Like, I got a 1540 on my SAT, oh. which is, like, right in the freaking middle. Yeah. Like, that's fine. That's great. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Season, season Bs, I'm okay with that. Yeah. We're like, okay, don't do that. But like, if I got a C plus, okay, not the worst day in the world. Yeah, you know, I and maybe it was just an entitled thing or something that I felt like I was better than people because I was getting A's or because I was in those AP classes or honors classes or whatever. And I guess I wish I had a little bit more awareness at the time to take a step back and just not to say like, oh, fuck school, let's just not give a shit, but like just to take a little bit more of the importance off of it. Yeah, but also, like, I don't think you would be as, like, in touch with, like, because you're someone who is so easy to speak with and someone who's so easy to, like, you really know how to analyze things in a personable way, and I think you are able to do that because of, like, how well-educated you are. Wow, well, thank you, man. That's very interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I I think you know enough to, like, sort of, like, not dumb it down for people, but, like really break it down to like to a human level rather than an academic level i think you understand things like that you know thank you man i i I really really appreciate that and yeah i've always thought that what thank you man wow wow we are off to a great start (laughs) (laughs) Um, so have you have you been having any sort of conversations with your family of of teachers in a way like that or or just like i i feel like there's so much influence that can be had at 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 that early stage you know yeah what's wild to me about the public school system is like teachers are afraid to speak their opinion in their mind because 
it's such a fragile ecosystem there that like if a teacher says something that the child brings home and the parents aren't okay with, they will go to the principal, they'll go to the board of education and like teachers will get in trouble for mm-hmm. like diverting like a sentence from the textbook to give a piece of personal opinion. Yeah. And I think that's sort of holding back from really having good conversations in school. Like, you know, all the movies you see with like in like the transformative teachers, like mm-hmm. those are the teachers that like throw the textbook to the side and really dig deep with the students. Mm-hmm. And I think public school system sort of like does not want that to happen. Yeah. They just want to be safe. They want to get their kids out. They want to have a good graduation rate. They want to yeah. get their funding. Yeah, because, like, you know, higher test scores means more funding. Yeah. So like having these conversations with like my mom and my brother about like how they're speaking to their students about certain things, it's like we can't really say much because we have our jobs to hold on to. Yeah, that is that is tough, man. Yeah. That's but tough. outside they have opinions, which I am all for yeah of course of course it's crazy because it's just like so much of a child's life especially in how they deal with other people and how they learn about like the world outside of their own home like so much of that falls down to the teachers and it's just so discouraging to hear you know something that i feel like i already knew but didn't want to didn't want to know that like you know that their hands are tied like as teachers a lot of them you know i wanted to be a teacher at one point in my life and i literally couldn't imagine i would probably be yeah, fired you went to school for math yeah i did yeah, yeah. Be- before montclair yeah i went i went for mathematics because i was planning on being a high school math teacher that's like what i wanted to do i i just i had some incredible teachers when i was in high school and i was sort of not really sure which direction I wanted to go in and in terms of a career. And then I was like, why? I mean, I would love to do this and like be in front of kids and just like help. And of course I had this idea of like molding the future, you know, minds of America and stuff. And just like realizing that that was not at all what was, it was going to be like, you know, and and it's, it's a shame because they should, teachers should have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And I think some do. Yeah. And I think those are the teachers that are unfortunately the ones that get in trouble more often. (laughs) That would have been me for sure. You know it. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I don't know why when you said you wanted to be a math teacher, my first thing was like, yeah, he'd be good at that. He has big hands. I don't know why that came to my head, but I felt like I needed to say that. Okay, so you didn't know necessarily that you wanted to be a performer, but was it always like on the map, you know? Was it kind of like you were always a sort of creative kid, or what was that like? Yeah, I was definitely always a creative kid. I mean, growing up, I did like the normal, like, t-ball soccer sure i did started taekwondo when i was like three and a half because i was watching too much power rangers and i was hitting hitting everyone (laughs) needed to channel it literally my parents were like okay if you're gonna be hitting people you gotta learn when it's appropriate and how to do it properly so here's taekwondo (laughs) and i ended up doing that for like 14 years i have a second degree black belt holy crap i I also did not know that about you yeah i uh so watch out i am i'm a dangerous weapon (laughs) Right, might might not have the biggest hands, but definitely will kick uh, your ass. Yeah, I actually uh, to divert real quick. I had a, I got a, my first manicure last year, and the woman giving me my manicure was kind of like roasting me, <laughs> and she kept saying I had beer hands, like the hands of a brewer. <laughs> I, I was very offended because I was already in a vulnerable state. And I, uh, <laughs> already thinking about ch- changing careers. Um, I'm vulnerable, and then she's saying that I have your hands and it didn't feel sexy so but that's another story (laughs) (laughs) well yeah side note if you haven't gotten a manicure don't knock it till you try because i don't know about you but i feel like a king when i'm getting my nails done 
I need to do it again because I haven't done it since then. I, I felt a little uh, subconscious. I also they put clear nail polish on my fingers. Oh, okay. And, and I, I, I just wasn't making. That it might have been right. a step too far. Yeah. It didn't feel right. I would say get a pedicure as well because that is great. That like turns into a little mini massage and foot bath and stuff. It's quite the experience. I have, to, I have to dive into that world. Maybe that's what we'll do when we hang out next. Yeah, we'll look at Manny Petty. That's, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Just like, and compliment each other's hands because like we yes, need a little love. Yes, the entire love. time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what was I even saying? I was saying, that, oh yeah, the t-ball, I did soccer, I did taekwondo. Um, and I remember actually, I was like four years old and I remember asking my mom and dad, can I take dance class? No one ever said anything to me about dance class or anything, but like there was just something in me that I was like, I feel like I want to do dance. Oh, wow. And I was already doing so many activities, and my parents were like, no, you already have so much going on. So then I was like, all right, fine. I asked again when I was like 10, because I still had that, that urge. And they were like, no, you still have so much going on, so much going on. Also, you'll be the only boy in class, probably. Mm. Like, that might be uncomfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, no, that would not have been uncomfortable for You're me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So there was always just, like, in the background, there was just, like, this urge to create and perform. Like, I remember I got the NSYNC CD, No Strings Attached, and I would literally start it from the beginning and choreograph the entire album in my bedroom and then go out in the living room and perform an entire concert, just dance and sing. Like, just stuff like that just kept popping up. Like, even when I was, like, super young, I watched this VHS, The Marvelous Musical Mansion, and, like, it was before I was really talking my mom said but i was like dancing and like singing along with the people on the show so it was just like i think it was always just something in me that was like i'm gonna be a performer yeah yeah because are your anyone in your family performers or anything like that musicians well uh my mom plays the guitar and she's also a birthday clown oh my gosh i did know that yes yeah that is amazing that is amazing Um, so i definitely got some of that from her my father no <laughs> god love him he's not a, a musical type he like he likes it he enjoys it he listens to a lot i was exposed to a lot of music through him okay yeah but the performing aspect and did you go yeah. did you go to new york a lot growing up like being in oh, jersey yeah, was, yeah yeah i was i was so lucky with where i was born like 20 minutes into midtown yeah that's incredible um so i mean i saw i saw broadway shows from as young as five years old i remember my first show was beauty and the beast i saw on broadway and i still remember when the beast transformed into the prince yeah and i was shook (laughs) i was the i was bought i was sold i was like this is incredible I didn't know that it was something that someone could do for a living, though. Like, I was like, truly, it was just like, wow, this is like a fake thing that's happening on stage, but it feels real. Until I was older, I was like, oh, wait, these people are just like, like, he probably went to the supermarket yesterday. And now he's the the beast. That is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it was just you were exposed to it so early and then it was just like always in your life. And so, yeah. That's pretty I was very cool. Blessed with that. Yeah, like that's... my birthday present throughout high school was a Broadway show every year. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I grew up right outside of Philly, and I don't think I ever went to New York City until I got to Montclair. Isn't that insane? Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I just like, and it's not that my parents were like against it or anything. I guess the thought just never occurred to them. And like my dad grew up in Morristown, so not okay. too far outside of the city. And, and yeah. he grew up going to like Broadway shows and, and stuff like that. But I guess as parents, they just like didn't think it was necessary or whatever, I guess. So I, I grew up more playing the sports 
I would take some piano lessons and that was about it. But like, well, big hands are good for the piano. Yeah, exactly. You know, the long fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so my parents were like, well, it's, he's got big hands. Got to get him in piano. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I never even really put two and two together until I guess middle school, high school, when I, when I just had some friends from school that also were very into theater and I was like, oh, this seems cool. And then I was like, oh, you get to like play dress up and fool around and like sing and dance like this is madness and there are all these girls around like what what do i have to complain about yep <laughs> and then all of a sudden i was like whoa i never thought throughout high school i don't know where the point was for you but like throughout high school i never thought that this could be a, a career path for me i actually had a very specific moment that was where i knew it went from a hobby to a career okay I did the uh, Paper Mill Playhouse Summer Conservatory for three summers, but my first summer was going into my junior year of high school, and we rehearsed for like five weeks, took classes, and then it culminated in like a performance on the Paper Mill Playhouse stage. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about my history of stage fright, I, I've overcome this a lot, but as a kid, I had terrible anxiety, and it really manifested in stage fright. A lot of the time, um, I would feel so overwhelmed and like scared. I would have to. I've run off stage before in a performance several times. Like I was, I was playing the fiddler and fiddler on the roof. I had no lines, but the first thing I had to do was step out on the stage and pretend to play the violin. It was my first show ever. Wow. I was 13 years old, and I ran right off stage. And then again, I did another show, Smokey Joe's Cafe, with a community theater, and I was like, I can't do it. I ran off stage, but every time I did it, I mustered it up and got back on so there was something that kept pulling me back in yeah because like i mean if i keep running off stage it would be like oh well then stop doing it if you don't like it but it's like i love it so much it's just like my brain is telling me that something scary is about to happen right right yeah it, it feels almost like your relationship with performing in theater and stuff was like cosmic or something like in in just you telling me that story it feels like there there's something outside of you that is sort of pushing you slightly forcing you to do this even when your body completely rejects it yeah and like to get back to the moment that i knew it was a career yeah for me was we were doing the opening number at the uh rising star performance thing at paper mill okay and we were singing applause from applause the musical there's like 120 of us on stage and we hit the final pose, and the audience just started freaking out, clapping, going nuts. And something inside me clicked. I went off stage, and I was sobbing. It was like this moment, like people were like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I just, I just, I'm just so happy, and I've never cried from happiness, and I've never felt this feeling, and like I feel like I know my thing, wow. like I know where I need to be, and I feel like a lot of people don't get that." opportunity so like it really since that moment i really i just hunkered down and i was like this is what i'm doing with my life wow it's just so cool that like the universe just like spoke to you in that moment yeah it was crazy like i was 16 i think i'd never really i never cried in front of people really and i think actually i think peter was in that dressing room with me when i sort of had that moment wow that's hilarious yeah i'll never forget that 
This episode is brought to you by, just kidding, this episode isn't sponsored, but we are proud to promote Lit Candlestick Co., a luxury handcrafted candle brand that's making a bold statement. With over 50 candles available with titles such as Leave Me Alone, I'm Cleaning My Damn House, and Righteous and Ratchet, this black-owned business is using humor to nurture self-care. Each candle is thoughtfully designed using a unique formula of food-grade paraffin wax and a blend of essential and high-quality fragrance oils. All Lit Candlestick candles are triple scented, meaning three times the industry standard of fragrance per pound of wax. No more quick-burning, mild-smelling candles. These scents will fill any room indefinitely. Opening just last month, this company confidently says, Feel like setting something on fire? We got you. Purchase just four candles and get free shipping anywhere in the United States. Visit LitCandlestick.com or follow at LitCandlestickCo on Instagram for more information. My anxiety originally wasn't really triggered from theater. I remember my first big anxiety attack I ever had, I actually remember I, it was about to be my cousin Josh's like fourth birthday party. I think I was eight years old and my dad was watching like some discovery TV thing about like tornadoes. And I was like, oh, that's scary. We don't deal with those here. And then we're at my cousin Josh's birthday party, having a good time. And then I overhear my Nana say, oh, there's a tornado warning here right now. Uh And I felt this like weird tingly presence just shoot over my body and I was like something terrible is happening to me I don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on started like hyperventilating and crying and like from that moment anxiety that was like the first moment that anxiety was like hey I'm here like I just watched uh Big Mouth season four have you watched it no I have to I have to watch it so without giving too much away they have a new character the anxiety mosquito and it's just buzzing around your head and sometimes it's like swarming around you right and so like put it into a visual i was like swarmed and that swarm stayed for like a long time and like i started therapy at a very young age i've i mean i really haven't said this to many people but i've been medicated for my anxiety since i was 10 years old so it's been 18 years now with the same medication to ease my anxiety Mm-hmm. which I tried to like get off it here and there. And it's really, I just don't feel like myself without it. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's, it's something that I've like had a lot of struggles with mm-hmm. because like, I don't want to need a substance to be normal. But I mean, even like when I was younger doing the shows, I would take a Xanax before every time I performed. And like, that was when I was doing four shows total. So it was like maybe four Xanax and right. whatever. But then I was like, if I'm going to make this a career and do eight shows a week, I can't, I can't have this. I can't. Yeah. So I really worked hard to conquer it. And there was not really, not really anything other than just consistently doing it mm-hmm. that helped me get over it. And there's still moments to this day that I get those like fight or flight moments on stage, like during take flight. Remember that show we did? Oh yeah. How could I forget? There was this one scene where we were frozen on stage, like in a clump around, I think, I don't even remember which character it was. We were all in a clump around stage. Okay. I think it was actually around you and uh, Teresa. Okay. And we were frozen, and I had one of the biggest anxiety attacks I had in a very long time in that freeze. No one knew because I've learned how to, like, control it and hide it, but I was freaking out. And then flash forward to my Broadway debut when I didn't have any of that. Because like I I really worked through all those those things and like they pop up here and there but it's just like it's it's a constant constant practice to really keep it in check. 
Wow, man. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I really had no idea. And I think that's just a testament to how much work you've done for yourself and how proud you yeah. should be, how proud you should be. You know, I just, um, you're amazing, man. I, I think that, thank you. yeah, I just, cause it's something I never would have known. And I just think that you're, like I said in the beginning, just such an open and caring guy that even though it seems like in the past it may have been sort of easier to put yourself first because of your needs and because of, you know, what was going on in your head and in your body. But it always felt like to me that you, you always seem to put other people first despite all oh, yeah. of that. So I, I just think that that's amazing, man. I, I, it's interesting that you said, you know, looking back, maybe the only thing that really helped or started to fix it in a way was just the consistency of it and just like the daily practice of trying to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like I'm when I was answering like your your uh, email about the questions you had, mm -hmm. like what does it mean to be a man? Yeah. And for a long time, I was told that not talking about my anxiety was like something that I should do because that's what men do. And recently, like the past few years, I've really been debating sort of just like writing down my entire experience of having anxiety and sharing it. And like the thought of that is anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, that sounds like the greatest like, I challenge. Really, not a lot of my, like my closest friends are definitely aware, but only a very small, small handful of people have truly seen me show my anxiety. And it's just, it, it's something that shouldn't be shameful and i don't really feel ashamed of it it's just it's sort of been like pushed in our heads that's like don't you, you shouldn't be feeling that you should be feeling happy and right. don't don't let people know that you have these these thoughts and feelings right especially when you're told that as a kid you're like okay yeah yeah, yeah. right right and of course you don't want to feel you know the effects of what anxiety brings and so you associate it with it being something wrong or bad and so yeah. whenever it comes and that's out that's why people have so much trouble getting rid of it because instead of facing it they suppress it i mean I'm, I'm guilty of that as well you know we're not taught to accept all things good and bad and so so many people feel like they have to hide parts of who they are and i i feel like would you this is a part of you you know yeah absolutely it's a big part of me yeah if in any way it has helped you to grow to the person that you are then i could say that it's a good part of you because without it who knows what kind of person you'd be i don't know if that's too crazy to say no it's not crazy to say because i fully agree i mean it's made me more perceptive it's it's helped me to help my friends through things yeah I like a lot of my friends if I'm like coming through a problem they're like wow how did you how did you think of that how you like secretly I've been going to therapy since I was eight years old so <laughs> right so you are a master that's how, that's how. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm well, really good at this <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I'm lucky that my parents were like, okay, this is happening. Let's not just pretend it's not happening. Let's put him in therapy and figure it out. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it was not good. <laughs> like, if, if, they mm -hmm. had, if they hadn't been proactive with it, I don't know what my life would have turned out to be, you know? Right. Like my, my therapist was, he was awesome. I love that guy. I, he, he was so awesome, so supportive, and, like, really had a way of helping me break down situations that happened in life and like reflect on them and see how I could have reacted differently if I reacted properly because a lot of times you do as a human react properly and then you're sort of left with your self-doubt afterwards and it's like no, no, no you did the right thing don't let yourself 
fool like don't fool yourself um so he really gave me so many tools to like that i still use today that are super beneficial to keeping a level head yeah yeah was anxiety playing in terms of like your path like in terms of i know i need to do this there's nothing that's going to stand in my way or was it sort of an obstacle i knew nothing was going to stand in my way once i knew i was doing it i was certain yeah that's awesome Um, I knew there were obstacles, but I knew that I would overcome them. Of course, yeah. I remember just even in college, like people would be saying like, oh, I'm like, if you make it to Broadway and if you do this, and I'm like, no, 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 these are all when situations. Totally, totally. <laughs> like don't, don't if yourself, definitely when yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. But like what if you're in a Broadway show? No, like how about when I'm in a Broadway show? Right, 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 right. I know, I don't know how much you've reflected on school and or how it sort of affected you mentally and emotionally. I know that you still have some like incredible friends from that time, which is pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of my graduating class and I, we still talk daily, which is just really a blessing for all of us. Yeah, that's so, so lucky and, and so special. I think that like, now that I think a significant amount of time has passed, sort of whatever negative things that I experienced or whatever things that used to bother me about the place have just sort of like faded away and I've dealt with them and sort of closed the chapter on that and just like now it's all good memories you know what I mean yeah I mean there's still also some like some shitty things that I like I'm like oh yeah fuck Montclair for that (laughs) yeah I mean like but like it's just it's more of the stuff that's like plaguing musical theater programs around the country absolutely Like, like the the incessant need to be a certain size, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, you remember during 42nd Street. Absolutely. When I was far too thin for my body. Yeah. Every day I'd be in the gym for two hours, eating minimal food and doing sit-ups when I wasn't tap dancing for six hours a day. Definitely was not the healthiest I, I, I could be, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's a real problem. And, like, I, I feel like there was this demand to, like, be something you're not or be just another version of yourself that maybe didn't feel right you know yeah especially there was like without naming names there are certain people in the program who were belittled a lot by professors and yeah. like sort of like made fun of it felt like and that's not really a nurturing environment yeah absolutely like, and then me i felt like i was pretty well respected by the professors it was just more of a tell you i gotta be in shape sort of thing well yeah i mean it was sort of demanded of you in a way like as if your your performance would suffer if you didn't look a certain way which is just a load of shit yeah um that's one of my (laughs) one you know that being said one of one of my memories that i always look back on is is us sharing that dressing room for that show yeah Yeah, i mean that was great that was great that that i think i also had a moment with you in there where i was sort of at the end of Act One, the night, I had another moment where I was crying because I had that overwhelming. Yes, I do remember that. Right? I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, I get that every so often. I mean, that show is just so special. Yeah, um, I, I definitely uh, hold that one dear. I just, I think about you specifically just because, like, what a great middle finger to the people that either doubted or said you had to be a certain way or like you wouldn't make right. it if this, this and this and then you're you're on Broadway. And I'm just like, holy shit, he he literally I, I felt like to me that you just believed in yourself so wholeheartedly that it really didn't matter what people said. Yeah, man, I 
I'm not cocky by any means, but I I hold myself to a certain standard, and like I I know what I'm capable of, and I don't want to settle for less than I think I'm capable of. Yeah, I set my I set my sights pretty high. I I always have, and I always will. I think absolutely. I think we all should for sure. High high standards. I think the pursuit of something greater is like is what it's all about, you know, because like I can imagine that. Okay, so you have you've done Broadway, you know what I mean? And of course, like going back on Broadway would be great, but I'm sure that there's more to your story now. You know, what's next? There's always something more to achieve, and I think that like just pursuing that is what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I'd love. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be back on Broadway at some point. I'm looking forward to booking my first tv gig whatever that is yes i'm looking forward to being in a movie i'm looking forward to writing something that is well known i'm looking forward yes. to a lot of i'm looking forward to hosting saturday night live one day yes i can see that for sure you know? no like, question these are, like I have these career goals that i'm like i say they're gonna happen just to put them in the universe not yeah. because i'm like certain they're gonna happen but i say yeah i'm gonna host snl yeah. Just so that, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, if you want it, go get it. Go work for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Just that idea that everything is actually attainable, you know, that, that we're yeah. no less capable of getting the things that we want than somebody who already has the things that we want, you know? I feel like there are people who have not worked as hard as I have and done more than I will. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, if I'm working this hard, something's going to come of it. With hard work and determination and, you know, passion and luck, you know, things happen. They will happen. You just can't give up. Yeah. I feel like I know what I want in the future, but yeah. with without being present in the day-to-day, -day, I won't get there. So I really, I really am, uh, I, I ask my girlfriend, I'm bad at planning. I'm, I'm bad at, like, thinking ahead other than, like, big, big pipe things, like yeah. big pipe dreams. It's like, other than that, I'm like, in the day, what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing this week? And that's how I, I think that leaves myself open to more opportunity because if I were to plan things like three months in advance and then something pops up for me that's like, hey, can you take two weeks and do this reading of a new musical? I'm like, oh, well, I wasn't planning on doing that. No, I, yes, I'm free. Totally. You know? I mean, yeah, I, I'm really trying to find a way to embrace that. I think that's one of the greatest things about living as an artist because you have that flexibility. And like on the flip side, things can get scary. You know, it's a lot more comfortable to know you have your nine to five Monday through Friday and you're making X amount of dollars at the end of the year. Yeah. But I think that on the other hand, it's quite exciting that each week can be completely different depending on what you say yes to. Yeah, it, it's wild. <laughs> we are insane but we are motivated <laughs> yeah yeah right 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 but like that being said i'm also right now in business school oh very cool through actors equity they have this like thing with union plus where you can get a free uh, associate's degree what through this online college that is amazing yeah i'll send you the info yeah please do so it's just an associate's in in like general business or business management I'm business management with a focus in digital and social media oh wow dude that is an incredible idea yeah because i really like i really think i am good at social media and like digital marketing yeah i've built people's websites i've helped people with their with their like writing copy for stuff and i just think that i would be a good asset to someone's like digital pr team totally and i think also it's something that i can do with a parallel career for theater like i can audition 
sit in Pearl Studios with a laptop and do some work. Absolutely. Because I told myself once this all started, I'm never working in a restaurant again. I'm never bartending again. I'm yep. not doing that anymore. I'm, that's not that's not me anymore. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I'm ready to explore other things. And I've noticed that no one wants to give me an interview because my resume is restaurants. Right. And like, oh, I teach tap dance. You know, it's like, <laughs> then I always think, like, if they got to speak with me, they'd be like, oh, okay. Yes. I get him. Yes. But... We just got to get to that point. So I'm thinking that with this on my resume that I'm studying and put that in my, in my cover letter, like I'm actively learning all these things and I am not as expensive as the people who have the bachelors. Right. right, right. So. That's the greatest way of looking at it. <laughs> you don't have to pay me as much as the bachelor people. Right? Oh man, that is so good. Yeah, I mean that's that's really smart. And I feel like just you know business, everything, the whole world is wrapped up in social media. So to know yeah. more about how to market through that, like that's that's everything. You know, you can help yourself through that for sure. Oh totally. Yeah, wow, I mean man. like I've been like using TikTok a lot, and like I've built a following there. Yeah, it's just I've been trying to sort of keep creative and keep engaged, and it's been it's been a, a weird time but i've been making the most of it i think yeah man i i can i can definitely feel that i mean i'm trying to pursue the same thing you know just you know life goes on right like it it's still going for us however shitty it may be for the rest of the world or or for us at times like i think that you know every day we're alive is a gift you know so i just gotta make the most of it it just it feels like you're doing just that man it's pretty cool yeah i just yeah dude i i'm so happy that we got to have this conversation man yeah, me too. I feel closer to you already, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, same. I mean, it's it's nice to be able to just like, as you said earlier, friendships are just because you haven't touched them in a while doesn't mean they're not as important, you know? Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, also is just like, this isn't exactly the case for us, but just like, I guess allowing your opinion, your old opinions of people to change is, is healthy as well. You know, I think that if, totally. if I'm sitting here and I feel like I've grown so much from the person that I used to be, then I have to give people the benefit of the doubt that they've done the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I got like, it. I mean, I used to think you were a smug asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, and now I'm just smug. And then, no, 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 you're not smug, you're an asshole. Right, right, right. <laughs> Dude, I, I appreciate you so much, man. Thanks for, no, of course. Thanks for chatting. Uh, good luck uh, keeping that parking spot. Oh, you know what? We're good, actually. It's after 1 o'clock, so we made it. Oh, we made it. Wow, what a, what a journey. I know, we did it. I'm really happy. <laughs> oh, man, I love you, dude. Thanks again. All right, I love you too, brother.